welcome back to the ball. We had a nice little weekend and ready to get back into it, talk some football. Brian, you had a good good day, good day watching a couple games. I don't, I'm not sure if there's any good games that happened over the weekend, but oh, it was delightful. I'm yeah. so excited for this episode. Yeah. Okay. Let's let's get after it. Let's kick it off with some news. So we're gonna highlight Brentford a little bit here. Um, they've been changing the game with all the analytics they've been bringing into the game. Uh, they won the championship last season and they got promoted. Which in that promotion game, it was uh, now known it's the most ri- or the richest game in football because the winner of that game was scheduled to make four hundred million dollars over five years in one game. That's uh, if they stay up, obviously and Brentford were able to do it. They made it there, uh, mostly because of their analytical approach. So you know that movie uh, Moneyball, I think it was that Brad Pitt? Yeah, Brad Pitt, Jonah Hill, absolutely. Yep, yep, Brad Pitt, little Jonah Hill action. Um, so Matthew Brenham, he's the owner of the club, and after a decade of this data-driven approach that he was doing, he finally got his team up to the uh, Premier League. So Matthew is Oxford educated, right? Former former Bank of America employee. So you know he st- he knows how the money is moving, and it sounds like he's smart. So he knows you know he knows probably knows what he's doing. Um, the thing they were doing was using analytics to unearth talent, which I'm sure everybody wants to do. But he has a, a betting company. It's called Smart Odds. So he probably just used the same formulas from there. You know, applied it to what he's doing here, and boom. And it's coming up, and he was hiring mathematics graduates to analyze underperforming players. Um, so maybe Brian, you would have ended up working for Brentford FC, possibly. Hey, you know I'm still a young gun. You said, hey, yeah, watch, watch out, watch out. Maybe Brian's gonna, you might have this direct source <laughs> to Brentford here soon. Um, but Ollie Watkins, I think he's one of the most, or the more well-known players that were discovered through this analytics, analytical approach. And from what I remember, it sounded like they were basically replacing the quote-unquote good players. So if your striker scored nine goals, and then you find two other players who scored, maybe one guy scored four goals, the other guy scored three, but their expected goals uh, was a bit higher than your striker who actually scored nine goals. And then it's like, huh, I guess if this guy maybe got better at finishing, he could be a way better player than uh, that current striker who who has nine goals. He seems like he's good, but maybe it's just a one-off because of his XG rate and everything else. Um, But you think it's... I'm thinking... I'm surprised this is just being used now. They must have been doing it to a bigger extent, right? Well, you know, you, you brought up Moneyball. I actually did a book report. It's, it was a book before a movie um, okay. back in high school. Um, and, you know, they, they were very much the innovators in it uh, back in the early 2000s when this was going on. And, you know, baseball has so many more dead balls and so many more opportunities to collect statistics. It kind of makes sense that I was used here first. Yeah. Um, but it's very interesting to see this expected goal um, stat being used similar to like the on base percentage they did in baseball. Um, so the it's clearly working. Is, is some similar like to the expected goals? Right. Yeah. They were most p- people track you know RBIs and you know batting average, but mm-hmm. who cares if they get on base whether it's a hit or a walk? They you just got to get guys on base so they can score, and that's kind of the method they were using. Yeah, they they were at it, and it paid off four hundred million dollars for the next for the next five years if if they manage to stay up. 
so uh, honestly haven't seen a Brentford game yet. I did. It you, was you, disappointing. Yeah? Yeah, when they drew Liverpool. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, okay I remember that. <laughs> there it is. There it is. But, um, yeah, shout out, to, shout out to Brentford, man. Doing anything. I'm sure other teams are going to follow in their footsteps if they uh, continue finding the success. Brentford's analytical team is going to make so much money in the next <laughs> two years. So... Uh, and then they're gonna blow it all on that guy's uh, betting platform. <laughs> so, <laughs> yep, it, it's a it's a endless, dangerous cycle that they have going on at Brentford FC. Then, but let's hop into the league. Um, couple, uh, what was it say? Surprising scorelines. All right, if you if you went to sleep and you woke up the next day and you're like, oh, who played while I was asleep? And you see and it's like, whoa, what what happened here? The first one was seven zero Chelsea Norwich. Um, Chelsea came out in the 3-4-2-1, just looking to dominate. Havertz up top, a little false nine action. Um, but you had Hudson Adoy, Mason Mount picked up the hat trick and the assist, and the usual, sus- usual suspects behind them. Uh, Norwich, not really much to say about Norwich. Looks like they got a whole bunch of yellow cards uh, <laughs> and, a, and a lot of goals scored against them. But right. hey, there is promise. The highest rated player outside of their goalkeeper was the USA's own Josh Sargent. So okay. that's cool. Okay. Okay. Is, is that a six? That's a six. <laughs> <laughs> it's not great, but it was the best of the day. Oh, but hey, you know, yeah. Shout out, shout out, shout out to Josh. Right. He's doing his thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, the biggest takeaway from this was is just Chelsea was just too good of a team for Norwich to be uh, coming up against. And then if you start getting all those f- fouls and plus the form Chelsea was in, um, this is too much. It's just too much to handle, honestly. In front of 40,000, um, it's like, what can you do against that? When you come up against a team like this at this time and you just kind of come there and sit back, right? Yeah, no, it, it certainly was a surprising result, as you say. Anytime you see a 7-0 scoreline, it, it's uh, a bit wild. But it was the, the t- team at the top of the table against the team at the very bottom. So if it was going to happen in any game, it was going to be this one. Yep, Chelsea now sits 22 points, top of the table. And Norwich, <laughs> two points. Ooh, in nine games, that's that's not the stat you want to see. Yep, yep, minus 21 goal differential, which is the worst in the league, if you're wondering. And... It's over double of at the next closest team. Yeah, it's not. Yeah. It's, not it's not looking good. It's not looking good. I'm, I'm feeling now sorry for the manager. Maybe he might get get the sacking. Or what they need to do is hit up uh, Brentford FC and start working out how they can get better. Because man, they need all the help they can get. Or, perha- uh, or perhaps Manchester United. You know, it seems like they might have a manager to get pretty soon here too. That's just. You brought up the next the next topic now. Speaking <laughs> of man, speaking of Manchester United, I'm sure all the Manchester United fans. Uh, probably going to turn the podcast off as <laughs> as soon as they hear those words. <laughs> but 5-0 at Old Trafford in front of 73,000. Salah hat trick. Jota picked up a goal and an assist. Man United picked up six yellow cards. And there was not... And no goals. And it was so disappointing for Manchester United fans, but it was so good for even neutrals. I mean, I was a neutral watching this game, and I, I was enjoying it, you know. It was amazing to see. And also, the thing that struck me the most is how easy Liverpool were doing this. Not in a single point in this game did I think Liverpool was in trouble. Not a single point in this game did I think, oh, 
things are starting to turn. Even if Manchester United went through a nice, maybe little, like two minute, three minute spell possession, uh, Keita, Henderson, Van Dyke, Robertson, they'll be there to just snuff it out, pass it up. Jota would go do his thing, Firmino would go do his thing, and Salah obviously keeps doing his thing this season. Um, what, what more can you say about this game? It was an outstanding performance from Liverpool. Like you said, every, everybody was firing. Salah's continuing his form. He's just on an absolute tear, um, scoring great goals. He even had an assist on top of his hat trick. Our midfield absolutely dominated the midfield of Manchester United, oh, yeah. even before Pogba was sent off. Um, Henderson was just controlling the flow. Keita was all over the place before he got hurt. Um, and, you know, look at our back line. We saw Robertson and Alexander-Arnold getting into the attack. Kanante made his first uh, start in a meaningful game. and he played well. He played very well. He played very well, yeah. Um, I don't think our goal was really threatened outside of a couple of occasions. Um, no, it was complete domination, and then that Manchester United defense just flopped. Now, there was a couple points there in the game where... Uh, the commentators were shouting out Fred for just trying to do anything, I guess, <laughs> because, <laughs> because I guess Rashford wasn't was a no show. Um, Greenwood wasn't doing much. McTominay, McTominay, I would say, I liked how McTominay started the game out. I feel mm-hmm. like he was spraying the ball around a couple t- when they had it, and he seemed sturdy in there. But then as the game went on, he kind of faded, as like everyone else in the <laughs> team, I guess. And then it got to a point there where Liverpool would uh, just be passing it around a little bit on half line. But as soon as it gets in, in the attacking area of, of Manchester United, you can just tell, like, okay, this there's this is a mismatch, right? This is a mismatch. The Liverpool's movement was just next level. Um, there were runs they were making over the, uh, off the ball were crazy. And again, Salah's form: three goals, one assist, perfect ten rating in this mm-hmm. game. Uh, had Jones come on late after that uh, Pogba challenge on Keita um, or was that did he come in for someone else was I that from Milner yeah it was from Milner in the came, first half yeah. came in from Milner in the first half and yeah I guess this, they decided Pogba was going to be the savior maybe um, I, I was watching Pogba come on and commentator goes don't, wouldn't you want to be Pogba right now you're going in uh, you're down 5-0 and I mean, anything that happens now, maybe you can, if you score a goal, the manager will think, oh, maybe Pogba was out there. Maybe that's why we scored a goal. We didn't score any in the first half. But what does Pogba do? <laughs> he goes out there <laughs> and gets a red card. Two foot. Right? So, and now, so he comes in, makes the game worse, and leaves, which is crazy. And then he was chatting all sorts of shit after the game, too. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Do you think, do you think we've seen the best of Paul Pogba at... Manchester United. Well, he's, he has never reached the levels he did at Juventus oh, or yeah. with the national team since he's been at Manchester United. Mm-hmm. I think since he's come here, I think his ego's developed more and more. Um, you know, I kind of get it after winning a World Cup. Hey, that, that, oh, that, that elevates you a little bit. And you can put throw some color in your hair. Why not? Oh yeah, but no, his attitude's been poor. You know, the managerial situation's never been steady. 
and he, you know he has to join the midfield with someone like McTominay and Fred, which is much different than playing with uh, you know Pirlo and Matuidi and Conte oh, yeah. and players of that class. Definitely. Um, so I get his frustration, but he, he's not displaying any professionalism. So this United team now, I think they are sitting on what, 14 points. That's the same as relegation threat in Arsenal, I guess, in the beginning of the season there, mm-hmm. right? And these are supposed to be title contenders. You know, they've got the big man, Ronaldo, up top. And this was the first game that I started seeing that side of the argument of having a number nine that's, I don't know, it's almost difficult for me to bring this up because we are talking about Ronaldo, and mm-hmm. I know how great he is, but... Right. Or it, was. Or or was, right? That's that maybe that's where this conversation is going. But is it it's 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 not as nice having a number nine who's like thirty six, not really doesn't give you anything defensively and just kinda waits for the either the cross. Especially at this age, he's reliant very reliant on uh, what's behind him and he needs to get fed the ball, right? He's not gonna go on these crazy runs and, and make something happen out of nowhere. And then it's got me thinking maybe he's pushing other players out of the team who could be uh, maybe flourishing up there. Maybe you throw Rashford up there and maybe Sancho gets a bit more playing time, although he hasn't done also much this season. Um, you think Ronaldo was actually... Because it, he did, they didn't need him at all, but it was a nice, sexy buy. Do you think it was just unnecessary? And do you think it's? I think the only reason they bought him is because Manchester City showed interest. They're they, they they were a bit they, jealous. Oh, they couldn't let uh, their old hero go across town to the rivals. I don't think Manchester United makes that move if there wasn't interest from, from City. City. Um, so I think it was foolish. I think they had made the moves they they needed to make with Sancho and uh, Varane. They should have spent that money in investment in a center defensive midfielder. They should have went after Declan Rice. They should have went after Atilamans. They should have went after Nandidi. Mm-hmm. This wasn't the choice they needed. They have the attacking threat. It's that core of the team, that's um, that defense and that central midfield that needed the the move. Yeah, they're probably selling more jerseys. Yeah, but they're not getting more points on the board. I, I, like almost a year removed from our number six insurance episode, and I'm looking at this team. I see Ronaldo up there. I see Juan Bissaka. I see McGuire. You know, a couple of things have changed maybe up top all the new signings are on the bench and I'm still seeing Fred McTominay in there in the middle of that mm-hmm. just why not Matic at this point you know just throw him in there and let him do his thing at least maybe he's so slow but at least he's I don't know he's big. a presence <laughs> you know I mean win, win, some, win some headers I don't know why not but um, what do you think happens now moving forward do you think Ole Ole's run his course here at United well, the last thing I saw on the news was that United was going to stick with them. But okay. one more bad result, and these fans are going to re- uh, revolt. Yeah. Um, I saw that they had reached out to Zidane, and he had no interest in the job. And looking at the state of this team, I don't blame him. Uh, yeah. um, I think the guy that makes sense if they're going to move on for Ole is uh, Antonio Conte. You know, He's been known to bring teams that have, uh, haven't been up to the level and elevating them. He's a great defensive coach as well, which is mm-hmm. which they need desperately. 100%. I did see something interesting that the odds makers are putting uh, Ronaldo as a 5% uh, bet <laughs> a coach? to become the player coach of Manchester <laughs> United, <laughs> which I think is hilarious. Hey, I would love to see that, though. I would love to see that. Mm-hmm. What, what a sight. <laughs> right now, uh, Liverpool second in the, in, in, on the table here. Um, I think, I, man, after watching that... 
and mainly the form Salah's in and the team around Salah um, and your back line, your goalkeeper, it's... I'm starting to sound like a Liverpool fan now. I can, I think I see what you're seeing. Well, you got to think too. We we put five a five spot on Manchester United this weekend. We didn't even play Fabinho. We didn't play Matip. Sadio Mane came off the bench. That wasn't even our top squad out there. Um, yeah, goal. Some the only other goal scorer was Jota, right? Jota, Keita, and Salah. Jota, Kota, Oh man, Keita rarely even scores. He rarely scores, but he played his ass off. Oh, this, yeah. uh, this weekend. It's it. That was right when he was starting to get some goals in, gets injured. Yeah, I feel like he's it's a shame. He's been having a rough time. But here's the thing, you know, we, th- we throw Thiago in there and he adds a different element than Keita does. Um, you know, Fabinho, once he's fully healthy, I think he's our strongest midfielder. I'm, I'm, I'm not that concerned about it. So you think moving forward, the season goes along, you know, a couple more match days. Um, Right now, right now it looks like Chelsea. It's gonna be Chelsea Liverpool City race, All right? Unless West Ham kind of upkeeps this form, but we'll see. They've been playing well too. Mm-hmm. Um, who do you think comes up on the on the top of the pack there? In the, with, between those three, City Liverpool Ch- Chelsea. I think even with Chelsea and Liverpool's form, you still gotta look at Man City as the the favorites. Um, you know, they won the title last year. It's still early in the season, of course. Um, and you know, all they did was get better. Um, I think Chelsea's right in that form of the Champions League and Liverpool's getting healthy. I think it's going to be a super exciting title race. Yeah, it's, um, it's going to be good for sure. My heart's saying Liverpool, my mind's saying City. Yeah. Um, I'm honestly going Liverpool. Really? Yeah, I'm going, I'm going Liverpool because I think we're watching something special in uh, what Mo Salah is doing. I feel like if he's close to... He's not going to get the Ballon d'Or this year just because of the, the previous season, but if he keeps going on at this pace and get a get a couple trophies i want to see him win um that award and i feel like he's gonna keep this up has an african player ever won the ballon d'or um let's see oh yeah i think um george Weah. george Weah. george Weah. okay george Weah. it's been a long time though. yeah no it's, it's been a while it's been a while george Weah won it um so yeah shout out to big man mo you, mm-hmm. gotta, you gotta win that thing um but yeah i've got I've, I, I see them winning this thing but yeah, City is tough, man. City is. So is Chelsea. City is real tough, and Chelsea is tough too. And they're top of the league, so it's like, man, it's it's gonna be a great season uh, overall. And looking ahead here, it's, I'd say there's two there's two must watch must watch games that Leicester Arsenal, uh, mainly because of the names of the players. <laughs> yeah, and they're tight on points. <laughs> and they're tight on points too. Yep, they're all in that. Uh, quote-unquote relegation zone of 14 points just because Arsenal has 14 points. Hey, we got to give Arsenal some respect, though. In their past five game, six games, they have four wins, two draws. You know, they, they must have been listening to the pod. They must have got inspired by our uh, harsh know, words. You know, Smith Rowe actually hit me up. He said, yo, I appreciate you shouting me out on the pod. Uh, I'll put in a better performance next time. And that's how they did all this. Yeah, yeah. And, and he's the best player on that team. Definitely. Shout out to shout out Smith Rowe. Um, they've got Leicester. Um, my guy Pat Zandaka actually had four goals. Shout out to Pat Zandaka um, in the Europa League. So I still think he uh, obviously he'll sit on the bench. He and Nacho. Um, who knows? Maybe Nacho might take the back seat. But he and Nacho Vardy. Vardy's obviously a lock in that team. Um, and also becoming one of my quickly becoming one of my favorite players. Can't watch. Can't wait to watch Tielemans. Mm-hmm. 
and 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 Didi. I love cool. that pair. Yep. And also they have another guy. Um, he's kind of young. Uh, I, I, I forget his name. I forget his name. But he's a he's a baller too. He's a baller. Um, the other game that's a must watch here is at Tottenham Manchester United. Again, only because of the name of the players <laughs> <laughs> and the manager <laughs> and the managers. You know, if it's a, if it's a nice, sexy game to watch, you're gonna see Kane up there. You know, Son doing his thing. You got Ronaldo. It's a nice game to watch. Maybe even Sancho comes in. Why not? You gotta make some changes after that. You gotta make some changes. You need to. Otherwise, it's like, what are you really doing? I'm just here for the drama because they're gonna be talking about that Liverpool full game, the whole telecast. Oh yeah, I'm here <laughs> for it. I'm here for it. Those those Loki disses that the commentators mm-hmm. do in the ball game. Oh yeah. Yeah, no, I'm I'm definitely here for it. So um, let's let's look forward to it. Should be a good weekend of football.